Sleeping Behind Concepts. So basically that's just a title that gives me I don't know, an excuse or reason to, to talk about the way we work with concepts. And what I'm saying in that sleeping, I'm saying we, we kind of, once we get an idea about something or a concept about something, uh, whatever it is, coming, going, I like it, I don't like it, all of those things, we, we tend to stick an idea to it and substitute our, our opinion, our idea, or our concept about that for what it's actually uh, supposedly pointing to. We're actually using the very, it's like you picked up a road map and we're following the road map and decided that was much more interesting than where you're going. And you just stop, you just get fascinated by the road map. You get fascinated by the concept itself or the idea, projection, opinion, what have you. Belief is another uh, form that that tends to take. And what I'm saying uh, also is I'm not saying that that is incorrect. You shouldn't do that. I'm not trying to boss you around. Uh, on the other hand, if you would like to see more deeply into what is happening with you and what's happening in the world and why, uh, why or how to work with emotions that are rumbling around down here and occasionally get triggered by outside events and suddenly spring forth, uh, as, as sometimes the old, uh, the old way, the old metaphor for that is making a mountain out of a molehill. We all have that at some point, have something where something happens and suddenly we're really upset, you know, maybe the, 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 uh, the balanced response might be there. Uh, I don't particularly care for that, but sometimes we, we tend to go overboard and get really, really mad about something that is uh, a molehill. <laughs> so, and so uh, concepts, ideas, menus, recipes, slogans, all of those things can help us, but sometimes we tend to, to clamp down on there. And, the, and the, the extreme version of that, of course, is right and wrong, thinking that there's some things that are right, some things that are wrong. And that's a relative idea. We're not saying that, you know, stealing isn't wrong or that murder isn't wrong, but we're saying before we jump into that situation, let's take a broader view. Let's look at uh, as a uh, uh, broadly as we can at any situation and, uh, you know, give it the benefit of the doubt. Actually allow things, something to breathe a little bit before you immediately lay on our ideas, our concepts, our determinations, our explanations, our uh, elaborations, just like in the meditation instruction this morning was, was, uh, is to train, or what we're training our mind to do is just to see more clearly. It's that simple. Nothing to believe in. I don't believe this, nor do I disbelieve it. I don't believe any Thing or disbelieving, it's much more comfortable not to have some kind of belief going on. And it's also, uh, the belief tends to be a very fancy, fuzzy kind of uh, concept. It's, it's good. It looks like it's, you know, it looks like there's some truth behind that, maybe. But if you go into that, you basically are saying, I'd rather just see my belief about something rather than look and see what it is. I, I'm, I'm going to settle for the, for the belief. I got the belief. It's like we trade and when we have conversations with each other, we'll, we'll make a statement about something. And so what do you believe? You know, we just, um, if you ask me that, I'll probably say not much. And it isn't that I have been through this probably hundreds of times by now. It's not that there isn't some belief that's going on all the time. Like uh, I believe, uh, uh, is that your phone? Yeah. So I don't have to believe that's your phone. That is your phone. But... Uh, something a little bit distant, distance, like just uh, as an example, I believe uh, Kozan's dog Casey is in the other room. Why? I just saw her a few minutes ago. But somebody could have stolen her. You might not have a dog anymore. You might be gone. And to go the other direction, that's called paranoia. 
without any proof, we're freaking out about something. So paranoid. That's when you're always going to check and see if Casey's there. See if that if your phone is there, if you're afraid somebody's going to steal it or something. And of course, there's a lot of other uh, versions of that. So some concepts, especially in our uh, spiritual tradition, are very, very powerful and very necessary to help us see this tradition, 2,500 years of this, uh, I mean, it's a cumulative tradition, not a revealed tradition. So it's, someone didn't come from outer space and I have the truth. I am on a, I'm on the right, right hand side of the, of the guy who made all this. So you need to talk to me. Uh, rather, it was a human being, the Buddha, who awoke to the nature of life, the nature of suffering, and the nature of being alive. What, what is that? So it's a non-theistic and a cumulative tradition rather than revealed. Even the revealed traditions are cumulative in the sense that, uh, not that I'm a, a scholar in this area, but uh, the Apostle Paul in the Christian tradition sure did a lot of additions. Uh, if you read that, uh, his uh, letter to the Corinthians and so on like that is, is, a, is a, you know, he don't want to tell you what really is how this all works. So you have a spokesman, just like in our tradition, it's not a real revealed uh, uh, person, but it's a person who understood something, passed it on to his, his uh, homies, to his relatives, to his friends, to anyone who would listen to him. And then they, in turn, thought about that and uh, passed it on to others, and people began to meditate. They began to become a sangha or community. And then after he passed on, then there was a, all kinds of schools sprung, sprung up that wanted to explain what they thought the Buddha meant. This has happened also in uh, other religions, different different styles of practicing uh, the, the Muslim faith, the Christian faith, and so on. So, concepts. <clears throat> the point I'm trying to make, and it is a point, is don't get rid of your concepts. Don't stop believing in things or, or disbelieving or anything. Just be aware that you're doing it. It's always about awareness, never about coming to a conclusion about anything. Anytime you come to a conclusion about anything, and sometimes it's necessary to have, to have conclusions, but anytime you come to a conclusion, all investigation stops, and you just we just oh okay I know what that is, no no more. And it could, but that situation is usually constantly changing, especially when we're talking about our heart, uh, or our heart, or our mind, our heart, or our mind, our heart. Which where where is the mind? Where is the heart? Can you find it? You should look rather than have a concept of it, a concept. So hiding, there's no, maybe not a deliberate hiding, but there's a way of using concepts to protect us from any, anything that seems to be out of our control. Again, not wrong, not to correct someone. I'm just saying, be aware of that. Be aware of the way in which you uh, object to things based on your belief about something, rather than uh, uh, actually investigating. Maybe give that the benefit of the doubt and look more deeply into that. You may not have time, some things... Sometimes you might have to dedicate your life to something in order to get to the bottom of it, so to speak, using that kind of a metaphor. There might not be any bottom. So like the concept, uh, pretty fancy concept, and I'll paraphrase it, uh, uh, unless, uh, unless perception or, con or consciousness, uh, if, if, it, if it does not reside, or if, it, if consciousness or awareness, here's the awareness, I'm giving you kind of a, hand and arm signals here, unless consciousness, you know, these, this stuff, where things are coming in, smelling, hearing, tasting, touching, thinking, that's the hardest one to see. Where do the thoughts come from? We know where the sounds come from. Sound. We know where the sights come from. 
light reflecting off from apparent phenomena, and so on. We could go on and on and be pretty silly about it. What was I going to say? Unless consciousness. Yeah, thank you. So unless consciousness or perception, uh, I'm there's kind of a perceiver quality and, a, and a, something that is perceived. Unless that that particular situation resides in perception only, then the twofold grasping will not cease to operate. This is from uh, uh, Vasubandhu. So uh, what I'm saying is, is, unless you can just emphasize or just see that this is just a perception, I'm just seeing, just hearing, just smelling, just tasting, just touching, just thinking. Very simple, one-shot deal. Keep it very, very simple. Unless the consciousness or the awareness or the perception resides just in that, the two-fold grasping, in other words, grasping at things, either grasping at the, to lock down on them or grasping at them to reject them, go to war with them, or or uh, 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 shutting off, shutting them off, which is another form of very uh, subtle form of grasping, hiding, hiding from things there, uh, that is not actually over there. It's your perception. And also twofold, meaning objects and subjects. So the subject, the identity that you think you have as a separate being, there is a separation going on, but that's uh, that's uh, fairly superficial. That's relative truth. The ultimate truth is not something else. It is not separate from the subject. If that's not seen, then we continue to fight with people, fight with each other, fight with our neighbors, fight with our friends, fight with our politics. And our, oh, it's just on. Oh, you can see. I don't need to go into that. So this is why I, as a Dharma teacher, uh, emphasize and encourage everyone to train your mind. You don't have to be a Buddhist. You don't have to ever come here again. Well, you should come back once in a while. But I'm, but I'm saying, trying to make a point that you could actually just train your mind. There's nothing to believe or disbelieve. You could just sit down, hold still, an hour, an hour, maybe more a day, sit down and watch the way your mind keeps making up shit over and over and over. It's just, it's just a, it's just like a, a, a motorboat there going on, oh, running all the time. When you go to sleep, it's running. When you wake up, it's not going. Unnecessary, extra confusion based on lack of awareness about the, the fundamental nature of what this world is about. The theistic tradition, of course, doesn't really want you to investigate anything, not making them wrong. Because some people, the only spiritual path they can have is to have someone higher uh, posit a deity, a, a god, a lord, uh, something like that. So a little bit of that, that is okay. Not saying, but quite often some people tend to not only go overboard, but then make everybody else who isn't doing what they're doing wrong or incorrect, and then making them the enemy, and then we're right back to uh, war and peace. So whatever the concept is, the concept is a like a tool that you actually use, and then when you when you use the tool, then you set the tool aside. You don't constantly run around with a hammer in your hand just because you, just in case you run into a nail. It's not that funny, is it? <laughs> kind of funny. I'll I'll take the laughter. <laughs> All the laughter I can get. Sure, that's that's silly, but it's it's kind of like that. It's kind of like we're carrying our ideas, our opinions, and everything around with us all the time. Uh, so, uh, what am I saying? Be aware. Be aware. More more awareness. Uh, less belief. Less opinion. Less not to get rid of it, but just a less of an emphasis on that. Kind of uh, use it if you need it. If someone yells, you know, you're in a building and someone upstairs yells fire, you know, you probably should believe that. You should probably give that the benefit of the doubt. I think there could be fire up there. 
or I need to get out or help other people get out of the building. Simple metaphor, but it could be like that. So we have to what bring our bring, bring our awareness, our intelligence forward, and see what is true, rather than pro project onto something our concepts, opinions, and ideas about what it is. And actually, you might as well be putting uh, the metaphor is to put a hood over your just have all of your instructions about what life is about, who you are, what you believe, what you don't believe, written on the inside of the thing. Now, we don't have to run into any um, surprising situations. You're always covered. Questions? When you were doing your meditation instruction, you said something about observing subconscious gossip. Yes. If it's subconscious, then what, what can we observe? It, it becomes conscious if you look that direction. If you just look at what what is happening in the mind, uh, it starts to arise. But it, but it won't arise if you're distracted by your thought process and you're figuring things out and trying to figure out what color to uh, paint your kitchen cabinets. You could do that, but you could also spend some time seeing how the consciousness works. See how that works. But subconscious gossip just means uh, just a way of talking about a lot of varied stuff. You could say that in the technical term in our teaching is Ali Vishnana, which is, which is incredibly vast and complicated consciousness where there is no self, there is no identity there. More. And that was helpful. Um, so if you see thoughts or jargon yeah. and endeavor to just observe, so if that quiets down, that's, that's the only way to see the subconscious gossip. Yeah, you know, it's a, you can't get too uh, uh, too elaborate with the, the the structure of it because everyone in here is wired differently. Everyone has a different kind of karma, a different kind of. Some people uh, are dealing with depression all the time. Some people don't even know what that means. They're not even sure what people mean by depression because they don't really experience something that resonates. Other people uh, are uh, worried about other things. So there's just so many different layers, and so when it comes to something like subconscious gossip. That's going to show up. It's just a word to help us access gossip. It's like useless stuff going back and forth. And subconscious means that it's usually out of sight. It's usually just below the surface running around. But you'll notice, if you're, especially if you're a meditator, if you sit here long enough, eventually you start to see that stuff start to come up. It's just a lot of chatter. Yes. So if the thoughts seem to settle down when we're sitting, then that subconscious gossip is bubbling up. How can we work with that without it coming into a story or explaining? It doesn't matter if it comes into a story or explaining. It only, it only matters. I say this probably in every talk I do. The only thing that matters is awareness. There isn't anything else with awareness. Everything else is what arises in the awareness. The body arises in the awareness. This building, this life, in my case, 77 years, is, I have that whole history. That's there. Some of it's successful and some of it I've... Uh, Forgotten about more. So, if um, the subconscious gossip is not, not something not seen, it's sort of turning into a story. How can we investigate that without getting hooked? You don't have to worry about get, getting hooked. You don't have to try to not get hooked. To try to not get hooked actually is circular, and you'll get hooked and not get hooked, and, not, and then you'll have success and failure, success and failure. It's circular, and it can go on and on and on and on and give you the illusion of success and failure, and you will continue to think that somehow if you can just get a handle on it. How many times do you hear people say, maybe you've said it, I can just figure this out. 
Stop trying to figure things out. It's circular. If you, you want to go straight to th something, then whatever it is, look right at it and don't add. No math. Don't divide it, judge it. Don't add to it uh, passion. Don't do away with it, aggression. Don't fight with it. Just observe. This is, a, this is why this uh, practice is so powerful and can actually transform your life. You might have to do a lot of it so that you can actually stop going to war with everything. Stop fighting with everything. And when you, when you meet people that are at war, you don't meet them with war. Even though they might be trying to hook you into their war because then they feel like they're getting somewhere if they're, they can fight with you. And you also don't go in and uh, talk down to them as if you're this wonderful, peaceful person who never has any difficult, who's completely got everything figured out. So you wouldn't approach it that way either. Or any other questions? Sato? So the other day I looked at something and I thought I knew what it was. And, but what I thought it was, um, I didn't want it to be that. So I looked, you know, took a look, closer look. And after I looked at it and saw that it wasn't what I thought it was, I kind of set it down and it almost seemed like that was in its own way, putting a lid on that jar. Mm -hmm. Like, hmm, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. How do I work with that kind you're, of you're dismissal? Doing you're doing it. You're doing it already. It just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't feel like an accomplishment. So therefore the question, but what you're, the way you're explaining that means that you're very aware of the different positions you were taking on that. You were aware that it was kind of a dismissal. So it's just about awareness. It's not about taking everything to court and it's not about getting everything to become ship shape. So you have no more problems. It's actually a process of just being with everything that's happening. Like our vow, the vow you took not too long ago, be with all things. This doesn't mean be with something that is horrible. I mean, if, if something, if the house is burning down, I'm not saying be with the house burning down, get out of it or call the fire department or uh, work with it in a responsible way. But, but be very, very tentative about anything you do. I sometimes say, saying now, don't do anything unless you have to. And if you don't do anything unless you have to, then you're, as soon as you, as soon as you do approach things that way, then things start to change. You see the way they're developing. And then 10 minutes later, you might say, well, I have to do this. You might not even have that comment, I have to do this. You'd just be doing it because it's so imminent. You've got to do that. So in your situation there, uh, I think we've all done that. The snake is a, thinking a snake, uh, a rope is a snake or something like that. Where you're afraid of something that where you realize you've actually projected onto the rope that it's a snake. And so an interesting area where that's a good way to see that we have projection, just like the when I've said before, someone, your friend, perhaps, is coming towards you with a grouchy look on their face. You're not used to that. And then you start going through your own little note cards, you know. Uh, what did I say to them? Are they mad at me? Uh, oh, uh, what, I, I remember I, I said this to them yesterday. Maybe they thought that I meant them, and you know, on and on. And then when we get to them, then they say, oh, are you all right? And they say, yeah, I just, I just have uh, indigestion. I have a stomachache. You realize it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> they don't feel good. But it's so easy to, to jump to that conclusion and take it personal. That's how sensitive and kind of little low-level paranoia going on there about everything, that it might be about us. Probably not. Further questions? Yes. You often say, uh, meet everything where it's at. Yes. Uh, but you just said, if war comes towards you, don't meet war with war. How are those two? 
the same or different. So almost. Well, you said meet meet everything where it's at, but then you just said don't meet war with war. Is don't necessarily mirror back what is what is coming towards you. So what is meeting everything where it's at? Not agreeing with it, not objecting to it, and not looking away is the the technical way of describing it as far as uh, these teachings: passion, aggression, ignorance. So it would be. It depends on what the war looked like. If it was someone, if it was a person walking across the your yard, uh, coming to you with a with a rake, you know, looking at you, and you know, it's hard to say. You probably would start. What's up? What's wrong? What's going on? Try to you try to pacify the situation. Try to pacify it rather than immediately start to get defensive and mad and reach for your rake. So you know, keep it very simple. Uh, in that way. And it would be hard to, to give some kind of a recommendation that would work in every situation. So it seems though that less is better. And you could also come back and say, well, if I wait too long, they're going to kill me or something. They might. Possible. Yeah. Well, I, I, the challenge seems to be, at least for me, that we have a, a world that mirrors war and is full of retaliation. I mean, the, the chemical warfare that just occurred in Syria, and yeah. now the speculation is, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to fire bombs over there now? Yeah. So we have that mirrored to us all the time, meeting war with war. Mm-hmm. So how do we n- find some sane way to approach that? kind that? of situation. Yes. So what I, you recognize this, because I'm saying it quite often, is, continue to watch the news and watch reports from what's happening in Syria and but don't don't necessarily believe or disbelieve anything you keep stay as open as you can we don't really know we're not there uh, you know some of it might might be not exactly correct and some of it might be it's hard to say it's hard to say for sure but the the huge this huge Leviathan we call humanity is moving forward with billions of people. And there's some people that are really in charge and they want, we all know there's some people that just, just want, they want to fight. It's part of their thing they want to do. And there's no way to really stop that thing that's been moving before you were even born. And so what do I say? I say, do what you can do. Train your mind. As the poet Kabir said in what the 17th, 18th, maybe 18th century, uh, if you, uh, if you have a loaded gun inside your heart, how can you have God? Very simple kind of metaphor, but it's like unload these guns. You know, see what see the warfare in yourself, and see the way that warfare gets fueled from paranoia and fear, because that kind of warfare is is kind of bubbling subconsciously under the surface because you're kind of stuffing it. Maybe something happened when you were 10, 12, 13. Maybe it's another lifetime. Maybe it's another. Maybe it's a future lifetime. Who knows where all this stuff comes from? But it's, there seems to be a lot of sources that are hidden that we can't really see. And I'm not saying believe or disbelieve in anything. What am I saying? Find out who you are. Sit down, hold still, outside of Buddhism, outside of anything. Sit down, hold still, and watch what the mind keeps creating all kinds of gunk that, that when we get up off the cushion and we go out into our world, we've not looked at that carefully. We tend to project that uninspected anger onto others and, and think it's them, and then we want to fight with them. Quite a bit of that is going on. So I say, train your mind. Terrible what's happening in, in serious, what's happening all over the world. People being killed, disrespected, tortured, 
a question from Gil Cadeau up in uh, Minnesota. Yes. She asks, how can we not get caught in believing dharmic concepts like believing in the possibility of self-realization? Do you believe in that, Gil Cadeau? How long has she been a student of mine? Two years. Two years? Mm-hmm. Sit more. I know she's in that little box. Mm-hmm. Sit more. Meditate more. Like this. And then and then watch the watch your concept or your idea about self-realization of you know, rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and fall. What sees those concepts, uh, you need to see that. Turn around and look at what's seeing, what's rising. See if you can find see if you can find a self anywhere. See if you can find uh, someone, some solid me or identity that is stable. You can find something, but it's like it's like looking at a room full of, full of butterflies or barn swallows. She said she's been a student of yours for three years. <laughs> that one? You shouldn't even have a question like that. That's low level. <laughs> I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> so to, it's not about it's not about believing or disbelieving. It's about it's about seeing that you're doing that. Because if you just it just spread the awareness out, it's like a, it's like hot butter. Put it everywhere. Put it on everything. So you so you can see what this world is. That most of what's happening in this world, if not all of it, is your projection of it. If you see that that you're actually taking your own ideas and, and projecting it out on the world, and then that's what you think is out there, but actually, that is uh, not complete. You need to look at it some more. It's not about getting rid of the belief. When I say don't believe, don't be- disbelieve, I say don't believe your thoughts. And all I'm doing is making a suggestion to uh, to bring your awareness to the thought patterns to see that you can't help but get attached to them. So it's not about Stopping. You know, we have no. We have no say so about that. That's why we ignore it so much. That's why we say, "Let's." You know, I need to take a pill. I need to go. I need to jog. I need to go to the beach. I need to. I need to um, change my name. I need to change my sex. I need to. I need to do something to have some control. And what do I say? Don't do anything unless you have to. And then if you're doing, then if you if you absolutely have to do it, at least it's coming out of somebody, some really strong feeling or idea or whatever it may be. At least you're operating out of cause and effect rather than just taking pot shots. Uh, you know, it's like like my problems with my my wrist that I've had, which I forgot to put my brace back on. But I don't want to just take guesses at it. Say, well, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. No, it's a, I'm going to know. I don't want somebody to do, you know, if my memory's not working, so we're going to do brain surgery. You know, what's that? It's just the assumption that your memory is in your brain. There's no proof of that. Maybe my memory, maybe your memory, is uh, they'll, at some point they'll find out, well, oh, okay, now we know that the consciousness actually is, uh, is about uh, 18 and a half feet uh, in diameter, and it surrounds you. It isn't in your brain. But they haven't discovered that yet, have they? Don't tell anybody. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I'm saying there's so much that's not done, just like the, at one point the earth was flat. No, it wasn't. It's never been flat. It's never been round. It doesn't have a shape. Do you believe me? I believe anything. <laughs> so just the idea here is just to, for everyone to 
encourage you to be as aware as you can, strengthen the awareness, by, and the way we do that is to hold still and, and keep the awareness exercise very, very simple so that you actually are beginning to, you could say, stretch or, or lengthen or increase the power of, this, of the witnessing part of the seeing part of the mind rather than just the thinking part. The thinking part is muscle bound. Thinking part is already, you know, especially if you get, if you're very intellectual and you're, or if you work with concepts constantly, uh, it's it's more uh, uh, attempting to go in and really strengthen the thinking process. We, it's called worrying. You strengthen you're strengthening that. Worry once and then stop. And of course, you can't really do that. But if you train the mind, you sit down and train the mind. Then it has uh, because you're you're slowly converting your awareness from uh, the Velcro of the thought process over to the open dimension of awareness. It's like it's like you're, you've moved out of the metaphor I use quite often is a broom. Instead of rooming, living in a broom closet, which most people are doing, their ideas, their opinions, their thoughts, their hopes, their fears, their cell phone, and their uh, iPad, or maybe maybe a laptop. They're all in there, and then I think there's usually a toilet in there. Refrigerator. The room's getting a little bit bigger. <laughs> Uh, or you could live in an open dimension. You could live in a you could live in a in a completely open dimension where you didn't grasp or collect anything, or you you weren't really concerned about about having a lot of paraphernalia in, in terms of uh, concepts or ideas, or having a lot of things to hide behind. The question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Michael Worthington from Battle Creek Care asks: um, Is awareness just perception? Uh, two words for the same thing. Uh, how do we motivate ourselves to look at our concepts when it's painful to do so? So you've already started because if you look, if you're able to actually ask that question, that means you have taken a look, and you can you can look at it, and there's some kind of painful quality. The downside is it's painful. The upside is is you're actually working with what you need to look at. So in that situation, I would just say more of the same. Just continue to do that. Nothing lasts. So anytime uh, any of you have done anything, whether it's a, done something as a hobby or you jog all the time or you do something that's always, you're doing it over and over and over again. If you do it enough, you'll see that there's no way you can do it the same way twice. Even if it's something you've done hundreds and hundreds of times, whether it's uh, you know play baseball or, or anything you do, it's, there's always some difference and variation that's happening. Same thing with that kind of thing. Every time you look at it, it, it might, for a while, it might look like the same thing. But you, if you continue to what, in this case, just observe, just observe, you'll see that it's not, it's always changing in some way. I suppose I'm wondering how to go deeper into <clears throat> things that seem the most painful. Or like if I look at a concept, it seems like I bounce out of them. Um, if I start to bring any awareness to it, that the pain overrides my will yes. to go deeper. Are you talking about the sitting meditation or, uh, or post-meditation, meditation action, or uh, sitting most? Sitting. Uh, one of the things, and you've probably heard me say this before, is if you've got a word that covers that area, write that down, put it next to you, and then sit and just do uh, just do shikantaza or just a simple uh, mindfulness uh, awareness practice that we're doing this morning. Just watching what moves. Thoughts come and go, we watch them. Breath comes and goes, we watch it. Birds outside, sure. And say, and the birds are saying, well, you know, just have patience. It's going to get warmer. 
say, especially the Cardinals. You ever notice Cardinals never whine? You never hear a Cardinal go, Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's this letter about? You say that. Human beings do that. You whine about it. Birds are just, yay! <laughs> well, happy little birds. Yeah, they're happy. So, just a little bit further with that is to, but if you got one or two words that refer to that and then put it next to you so that you can use, instead of hiding behind the concept, you're actually going to use the concept the other way around to, to help you go back towards it. It sounds like it's already you know, has enough texture and bad odor to it, to use that sense. You just don't even want to look at it. So use the concept to, to uh, gently promote, uh, uh, suggest <laughs> that you go back and look at that difficult area. You could sit for 20 minutes and just reach down, pick up the card, look at the concept. And if you need to, you keep looking at it and look at the way that while that concept is something, it's just like a menu and a meal, you know, or, or a recipe and a meal, the concept and then the actual thing that's being referred to. Juju. With the title being Sleeping Behind Concepts, uh, I think you mentioned earlier we use concepts to kind of protect ourselves. We do. Um, how can we look, or how can we see that what we're trying to protect is not real? So in this, uh, this question is very basic and it's about the identity. And so it's uh, bring some of that awareness, maybe not all, but bring some of that awareness back and try to find the observer. Uh, the, way, the traditional way this is done is to do it by breaking the observer down into the five skandhas. Form, the body, feeling. We have feelings, all kinds of uh, nerve endings everywhere. Form, feeling, perception. We, we receive not only feelings, but sights, sounds, smells, tastes. We receive thoughts. Form, feeling, perception, concepts, what we were talking about hiding behind, the ideas, the names about things, those tend to come up along with that. And then the six sense fields and their objects, the sense of sounds and the, the sense of sound, smells, the sense of smell, taste, and so on. So all of that can be, you can look at the, the parts of that and the traditional way to do that and say, is there, ask yourself, is, is, where, is my, where is my identity? Where is my self? Is it, in, is it in the body? You can't really find it. Is it in the uh, feelings? Uh, is it in the perceptions? And, and just methodically go back and forth through that. See if you can find a locus that is actually someone. And to do that uh, several times, I think is helpful. It, it, it doesn't break things apart, but it helps us to see that things are already uh, discontinuous. We tend to bring things together and compact them. It's like making a snowball. We tend to take things that are all over the place and we form it. And, it, and it, ha it has a form, as long as there's uh, hope and fear going on, then we're, we're hoping things are going to get better and we're afraid they're going to get worse and we're operating out of that. So we keep kind of bringing things together in an identity. And we have a name and we have a, a history. We have a memory of what's happened. We have, you know, so it's a very complicated area that if we bring the awareness into that and just kind of take it apart using concepts, uh, that's not particularly hiding behind them. It's seeing the way the concepts are covering up uh, something there. So looking at it, see if you can find yourself there. Yes. It seems like uh, if I even start to go in that area, um, 
even if I can't find a self or something, yes, there's still an assumption behind that that oh, I'm just not looking hard enough. There's still something there. Yeah. There's a self there. So how do Sounds I do good. Let's keep doing that. That that that's all that is is it's like being out on the trail, and you're walking. You're you're seeing a path. You're following. In our case, it would be the Buddhist path, the path of meditation. But you're out on a path, and you're seeing obstacles and bumps, and, and it gets dark, and then the, then bad weather comes. And then you have all kinds of things to step over and you have whatever sinkholes and, you know, timber wolves run in front of you. Hopefully they keep going. But you have to use those metaphors. You have, it's just difficult. So what I'm hearing you say, uh, if I thought that you were, weren't moving in, the, in, the, in a direction that would be, that would help you and fundamentally help you see more deeply into that. then I would say, but it looks like you're doing okay. It's a matter of repetition. Keep doing it. Keep looking at it that way and notice that nothing lasts, that the very conclusion you've come to, which is a conclusion, is actually is, uh, is just, uh, it's just made up, it's invented. Nothing concludes. It just looks like it does. Yes. From Shane in California. Shane. When, when the allegiance changes over, will there be anyone there who's aware that it's occurred? There's, there, there's, there's an awareness that it's, that, uh, that, uh, there's a different kind of seeing or different kind of experiencing going on, going on, but there's no experiencer. It doesn't mean that you don't respond if somebody calls your name or it doesn't mean that if somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're just such a wonderful angel that you don't get irritated. You can still get irritated. You can still, you still have emotions. The presumption that someone who has realized something uh, on, a spirit, on a, this particular spiritual path, they had no longer had feelings and they're just kind of some kind of serene uh, dodo bird doesn't have any feelings. I'm always happy because I meditate. It's not the case. You, it might be that you actually are finally, after 20, 30, 40 years, you're finally starting to really relate to your emotions, your feelings very, very directly. All through, all through hiding out from anything. All through hiding, all through hiding behind concepts. All through hiding out. You're going to meet everything face on, not in, not in a warlike stance. But just in a, in a meet it where it's at. Meet it if it's whatever it's doing. Meet it where it's at. Don't object. Don't agree. Don't look away. Yes. Uh, Sanhao has a couple of questions, and we need to move yes. on. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, he asks. Actually, it's three parts. How are concepts helpful? How do we not get caught up in them? How do we know we're not getting caught up in them? Yeah. So uh, I, to start with the last one, it's just a matter of being aware of it. Being aware of it. And Asanho is a very, uh, uh, not a compliment uh, at all, but uh, just a description. Asanho uh, is a very conceptual fellow. If any of you have ever talked to him for any length of time, you know that he has a really good hold of using concepts. He's very helpful in the book studies that we have when he engages, uh, as long as he can remember not to teach. <laughs> That's my job. So. Uh, but I would say uh, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of looking. It's a matter of practice. So I, I'm not, it's not about not getting caught up in it. It's about watching yourself get caught up until that, until what fuels that grasping, what fuels that anger, that rejection, they start to see the fuel lines and they start to melt because they can't, those fuel lines of passion, aggression, ignorance can't hold up under the, say, scrutiny of, of your attention, your awareness, uh, the Sanskrit word is your uh, prajna, your wisdom mind. Your wisdom mind is, doesn't take a position on everything, on anything, but it doesn't miss anything. If you start taking, as soon as you take a position on anything, 
you miss everything else because you're busy maintaining your position. And that's fine. That might work for 40 years. Might work for 70 years. But everything dies. Nothing lasts. I don't want to end on such a negative note. I could also say that, um, what could I say? It's uplifting. Uh, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, you know, you actually can just smile. In the midst of, if you notice it, I'm not talking about acting or putting on. I'm saying you're in a room by yourself, you're in your hallway, you're walking on, you're not feeling so good about something. You just change your body, change your attitude. Just, just change. Life circumstances are changing you all the time. If you notice that, you know, these, uh, um, these uh, thoughts, the, these uh, uh, feelings, these visions, these sounds, this taste, this smell is yours insofar as there is a, as, insofar as there is a you, but you could just change. And don't, don't, don't uh, particularly succumb to some kind of interior tornado that's trying to run you over like a Mack truck. Just, just be here. Just be in these senses. Very simple. Thank you. Also, again, I'll remind everybody about the donation boxes that are in the hallway. May the merit of this penetrate to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize that with us.